Good morning. Welcome to Central Baptist Church. Uh, I'm Logan. I'm uh, one of the deacons here. Uh, it's my pleasure just to um, welcome everyone to be here. Uh, I am grateful that uh, we are all able to gather in this place today. Um, I attended yesterday uh, the retirement ceremony of a professor of mine from college, um, a great mentor and friend. And uh, I left. It was a, a time of celebration and storytelling and memories and toasts and roasts and uh, um, a wonderful time. And I left with a deep sense of gratitude for um, the experiences I've had, the way that uh, he has shaped me and, um, uh, and just a, a sense of kind of awe um, about uh, the people who have shaped me. Um, and then this morning in uh, fifth grade Sunday school, we were talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. And um, one of the activities that we didn't get a chance to do, it was to walk around the church um, and look for evidence of the Holy Spirit uh, and the way that the Holy Spirit works in this church. And um, looking out about you, this is kind of my opportunity to look out and see evidence of the Holy Spirit, all of us sitting here. Uh, and so my invitation for you today uh, during this worship service is to um, ponder with gratitude for um, the people the Holy Spirit has used to, sh to shape you, um, whether they sit in the pew next to you or um, they are the people uh, who have shaped you from uh, many other circles or many times past, um, but to find gratitude for those people today. Um, so welcome to be here and let us worship. I invite you now to stand as you're able for our call to worship this morning. O oh God, be gracious to us. Light the way of peace with your justice. 
May everyone praise the giver of life. May everyone know you are near.
pray with me. God, we come into this place aware that you are here among us, that you are far beyond us, that you were here before we got here, that you will be a step ahead of us and behind us, above us and beside us as we travel the roads when we leave today. But we are grateful that here in this time, in this place, we have the opportunity to worship, the opportunity to listen, the opportunity to breathe deeply again and to remember the life and the love that you have called us to. So this morning, as we worship and as we sing and as we listen to your words, we ask you to open our hearts that we might see again with fresh eyes, that we might hear again with new ears, that we might understand better with our hearts and that we might follow you more closely. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment and pass the peace of Christ with one another and remain standing for the song afterwards. Try to catch you before you sit down um, so that we can uh, sing together. We sang this song last week. We, were, we learned it uh, from our, our children who sang, and so we're going to see if we remember it this week as we uh, celebrate Eastertide together. The light of God that we will strive to walk in together. So here's how it goes again. We will walk in the
Christian witness this morning comes from the book of Revelation, starting in the 21st chapter with the 10th verse, moving to the 22nd verse through chapter 22, verse 5. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. The Lord will add his blessing to the reading of the word, for the word of God that works its way into us.
Let's pray again, please, shall we? Dear God, what a beautiful vision of what may yet become. But what a tremendous challenge it is for us to dare greatly and to begin creating it now. To take the risk of love and justice, of forgiveness, of servanthood, and to begin to create that fair city that stands on a hill, which ultimately will stand in our very hearts. We pray, God, that you will empower us this morning to not be afraid, to start to build on what we know to be true, that the love of Jesus is love for everyone. In his name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please stand with me as you are able for the reading of the Gospel lesson from the Gospel of John, 14th chapter, beginning with the 23rd verse. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it comes to pass, you may believe. 
The Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always great. Wow, that seems really loud. I'll step back. I usually have a soft voice, so I don't, I need to be closer to the mic, but y'all are doing a great job in the sound room. Thank you. But it's, uh, it's always great when you don't really need to preach after the choir sings. That's all I'm saying. So thank you very much uh, for that.
Um, Gino and I moved to Kentucky about three years ago now, and we found Central Baptist Church. And it has been a place of grace, a place of love, a place of fellowship and support. And we are so grateful <clears throat> to be a part of this congregation. So thank you for the way that you have shown God's love to us while we have been a journeying among you, and I am grateful to be able to be with you in this capacity today. So, my desire, just kind of in my life in general, is to take the Word of God seriously, to approach it with expectation that God is present right here right now with something to say to me, to say to the church, and to say to the world at large. For preaching, I hold to the metaphor in Romans that the creation is in the midst of birth pangs, that there is labor, there is work involved in living this life in all times and in all places. When I step to the pulpit, it's to talk about how God intersects and intervenes in this work because God does so love the world that God sent Jesus. So we may not perish in this labor, but one day find that we are fully ourselves in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and all the saints who have gone before. But sometimes the labor pains feel more real than God's interventions. Soldiers going to the Middle East, women's decisions being curtailed by politics, the discrimination that continues to exist across domains of culture, ethnicity, sexuality, and gender. Where is God in all of this? And to be honest, I'm more concerned about the particularities of my life most days the health of my aging parents, finding time to get all the stuff of life taken care of, and grieving the loss of a most beloved pet. I hear about the plights of others in the world, and I feel pains of sorrow, of pity, astonishment, anger. But I feel so overwhelmed by the sheer magnitude of it all, I wonder how my slight efforts to chip away at the mountain will ever lead to a level path. Then I approach this passage in John, where Jesus is sounding like I need to ask for his keys and to call him a cab. He's rambling. It's a good ramble. But when I first read it out loud to Gino, this time around, we had a moment of stunned silence before we asked each other, did any of that make sense to you? On first pass, even second and third and beyond, it didn't much. It's like John took all these brief snippets of Jesus' words and then, in stream-of-consciousness-style fashion, wrote them all down in one sitting. Some commentators that I looked at called this particular part of John 
rhetorically complex. Yeah, that. Yet, as I have waded into the stream of consciousness that is John's version of Jesus' farewell discourse, mind you, this is happening the night of his betrayal after they have been together in the upper room, I've found a few rocks on which I can perch. Most importantly, as we are two weeks away from Pentecost where the Holy Spirit shows up in full force, Jesus is helping us again in this church calendar get some understanding about this third person of the Trinity that we don't talk about all that often. I'm taking us back just a couple of verses, but in verses 16 and 17 of this chapter in John, we are told that the Spirit is the one who is called to come alongside us. In Greek, that's, it's paraclete, it's what it actually means, the one who is called to come alongside us. It's translated as helper in some places, comforter in others. In this passage, the way uh, it is printed in your bulletin, the Holy Spirit is the advocate. And Jesus says that this is a second advocate. And this infers that Jesus has been our first advocate sent from God to be with us and to be in the world. And so we don't just have the one, but God is sending the second advocate, the Holy Spirit, to be with us and among us. In these verses, the Spirit is also called the Spirit of Truth, who will be with us forever. And then as we move down into verse 26, we find out that the Spirit isn't only the advocate, the comforter, the helper, the Spirit of Truth, but also our teacher, who can teach us everything and who will prompt us so that we can remember what Jesus has said to us. In these verses, Jesus talks about the Spirit as a gift that is given or a present that is sent. The caveat is that we experience the Spirit as we come to believe in Jesus. Jesus then asks that the Spirit be sent or given to us in addition to the presence of God and Jesus within us. That's the Godhead, y'all. Did you catch it? God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the three persons known collectively as the Godhead or the Trinity, in you, in me, and all those who love Jesus. This inner abiding of the Godhead with us can only happen if Jesus ascends to God, however. And so this is why Jesus says that we who love him can rejoice that he is journeying to God because his journeying to God results in him sending the Spirit to abide with us and in Christ and God returning to be abiding with us. And so for this week, it's as much as we learn about the Spirit and about how life with Jesus works in this place that is post-ascension but pre-revelation vision of heaven. But it is enough.
and it is everything. The Godhead in all of us, not just sometimes, not just when we're feeling good, not when things are going our way. The Godhead abiding in us when grief looms over us or fear taunts our decisions. The Godhead teaching us the paths of justice we are to take and to make in our lives, both individually and as a collective group. The Godhead forever with us, using us to shape the course of this world until all things are made new. The Godhead, the triune God in all of us. Because this is how God has chosen to work and to bring God's love, Christ's love, into this world through you, through me, through us as a community, working together, loving each other, loving the world into newness. It is in John 10, 10 that Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This world is in the midst of labor, hard labor, difficult labor. And God is here now in us and through us, coaxing life to be born new in our homes, at our jobs, through the organizations and activities in which we participate. It is not an accident that you are who you are, that you were born at this time and brought through all of your particularities to this place. God has been in your life from the beginning. And as you came to believe in Jesus, the Godhead has come to dwell in you not only for your benefit, though it's beneficial, but in order to bring the kingdom of God into this world where life flows like a river, healing buds out like a tree in spring, and God's presence is palpable. The question is, do you know it in your bones? that the Godhead, that God, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is in you and in those around you. It is the witness of John to us today that it is so. Most of the time, I don't know that I experience it quite like our Pentecostal brothers and sisters may experience the Spirit and the triune God. But I get glimpses, like when I suddenly realized that it should be East Tennessee State where I needed to go to medical school. And that decision has now led me here with you, for which I am so grateful. It's also when a church friend of me, a church friend of mine wrote to me when I was living in Boston and just said, you know, I was really thinking about you and I'm going to send you this check. And it just happened to be at a time when I had $30 to my name. <laughs> I also glimpse it 
in Rachel Childress's work with hospice care, and not hospice care, Habitat for Humanity. And just in being at Central, I see it as Central is working in so many areas across church and denomination lines, um, working to be an open and affirming congregation, supporting uh, the needs of the community in so many different ways, both as a collective and in the many ways that y'all work individually. Yet these are only a few of the faces of God in us, around us, among us. And so the challenge for this week is to look for God in the likely and the unlikely places and people around you day to day. Because truly, the triune God is in us and all around us, all the time, coming alongside us and giving us the strength to chip away at the mountain and to make a level path. Kara, for the challenge that you've given us to open ourselves to the possibility that the Spirit, the triune God, lives within us always and is around us always. And it is our task to open our eyes and open our hearts to that real possibility and to look for it and to find it and to drink deeply of it. So now as we come to a moment of decision in our in our service today I'm going to ask you to stand and sing hymn number 282 and if the spirit within you is saying I want to do something new I want to do something special I want to maybe become a part of this congregation this would be a lovely day to do so wouldn't it please stand as we sing
remain standing for just a moment, if you will, and I've got a few announcements to you uh, before Carrie gives us the benediction this morning. Um, we, uh, we, first of all, thank you so much to Kara for being here, uh, for preaching in the early service and here. I heard two, the sermon twice today and it was great both times. So, and was gleaning even more the second time from it. So thank you so much for leading us this morning, walking us through this passage. Um, also, this week we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of other things going on. Rosie's Ponies and Petting Zoo will be here on Wednesday night. At, it's going to begin, I think, about 5.30. Or four, it says 4.30 here. Um, somewhere around there, you know ponies whenever they get going uh so uh but uh but we'll uh we'll uh we'll we'll uh be cooking out we'll invite the uh children from child care to come over too as well and hang out with us as we have rosie's ponies and petting zoo also you'll find the brashear devlin wedding uh will be here next sunday next sunday's june right is that right? Is it June? Oh my gosh, I lost a month. So, um, so next Sunday, June 2nd, we'll be, we'll be here and you all are invited to attend their wedding at 2 p.m. Uh, also next Sunday will be Youth Sunday. We will observe communion as well and Ethan Wallace will be bringing our message next week. So we invite you to come back uh, next Sunday uh, for Youth Sunday. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you, Kara. And now Kara will lead us in our benediction. So the blessing is this, that God, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit loves you and comes and has dwelt among you and is within you even now. And through that love, we share with one another the burdens of this life. We work for justice so that the kingdom of God will be made known in the here and now, and not just in the time to come. And so go in the blessing and the knowledge that the Godhead is with you. And to God, who shall be blessed in Christ Jesus and in this church now and forevermore, go with you. Amen.